0: IVM.
1: News Kids on the Block We bring to you stories that top the nation's papers Fresh from the IVM and Ascend International School Desk Hi, I'm Katya I'm I'm Anya
0: And I'm Drivik.
1: And welcome to this episode of News Kids on the Block Where we give you all the top news updates of the week The first story I have for you guys is unfortunately not very good news. Um, But Bappi Larry, the 69-year-old singer and music composer, who was also known as the Disco King, passed away on the 16th of February 2022 on Wednesday. Um, While it is a really, really shocking and sad piece of news, I thought it would be really interesting to look back at his legacy and some interesting facts about him and why um, he was loved so much, not only by Indians, but by people all over the world. So Papi Daddy was only three years old when he started playing the tabla and he was also in fact in the Guinness Book of World Records for recording over 180 songs for 33 films in a single year um, in 1986 and not only was, like I said, not only was he popular in India but he recorded some tracks for many Hollywood movies um, and was also Also collaborated on many songs with international music artists like Lady Gaga. Um, And he was also friends with Michael Jackson, which I think is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I think, like I said, he truly was one of India's most vibrant people. And he brought so much culture and good stuff to the country. So he will definitely be missed.
2: Yeah, Kavya, I think that he really redefined um, an era of music. Um, The next story that we have for you today comes from Kerala. Uh, where basically, as a Republic World article says, adding an extra dose of love this Valentine's Day, um, a trans couple, Shama R. Prabha and Manu Kartik tied the knot. They got married in Thiruvanantham Puram. Manu Kartik told e A&I, we're happy to get married on Valentine's Day. We're completing the paperwork to approach Kerala HD to register our marriage under transgender identity. Um, and this is really interesting because there's a plea in Delhi that seeks same-sex marriage registration under like secular law. And then there was a plea opposing the registration of same-sex marriage under the Hindu Marriage Act, which was filed uh, in the Delhi High Court in like early December 2021. Um, and this was basically done through a couple of NGOs, namely Seva nyay and Uttan Foundation, stated that if the same-sex marriage gets approved in under like Hindu marriage or Another like a different act, um, and not in like other personal laws. It discriminates people of the LGBTQ plus community based on existing religion. Um, anyway, that being said, this was a really sweet story, and they had a ceremony and it was great to see all their friends, their family, et cetera, around them. And it was so and the wedding was celebrated with all the pomp of like, you know, the day. And the wedding was celebrated with all the pomp that any other Hindu wedding traditional ceremony has. So we can only hope that they get that like. Chapa on the paper because honestly at this point that's all that's missing.
0: And with that we will be moving into the next story for the day which is talking about the Super Bowl. That's right ladies and gentlemen. We are going overseas. We are going to the grand, the great United States of America where this week we have seen the Super Bowl won by East and Croenkes Rams and the Rams beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl final recently and let me walk you through their journey to this final. So, the Rams hire the youngest coach in NFL history instead of hoping that, you know, first round draft picks would become stars and Instead, they traded these first-round draft picks for proven A-listers and the Rams dealt a quarterback who played in the Super Bowl because they did not think Jared Goff could lead them to another. For one, the veteran Matthew Stafford who had never won a playoff game and this obviously worked out very well for them as they are now Super Bowl champions. And I think while it is not a, a sport which is primarily popular in the USA, uh, this is a worldwide event. Everyone knows what the Super Bowl is and congratulations to the Rams on winning the Super Bowl and also... Fun fact, Kroenke is also the manager of Arsenal. So to see how this could boost other sports financially is also an interesting topic. I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out.
2: Thanks, Rick. With that, we'll take a short break and we'll see you after the break.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to News Kids on the Block. I'm your co-co-co-host, Kavya, and I'll hand it over to Anya Daftari for the next story.
2: Thanks, Kavya.
1: The next story that we have for you is
2: um, the Parliamentary Standing Committee on the Ministry of Home Affairs recently said in a report that, open quote, and I'm quoting here, um, the committee is anguished to notice that women are abysmally underrepresented in the police force as they constitute only 10.3% of the police force. That being said, according to reservations, 33% of the police force, reservations, are for women based on this uh the parliamentary panel is looking to create one all-woman police station in each district so yeah that's pretty much as simple as it sounds in every district there'd be one police station that's only women to encourage that a swaddle article says that according to a 2018 study opening such stations increased gender-based crime reported by 22 percent in india which that very year was dubbed the world's most dangerous country for women. These numbers also come into context when we look at, according to the Sims Model article, goes on to talk about how there have been several incidences in different states like Maharashtra, Uttar Pradesh, Madhya Pradesh, and Delhi, where female officers have come forward talking about sexual exploitation or harassment or even assault by male cops in their training or at their work. Um, Now, if we look at this, concept of an all women's police station, right? It will do multiple things. Firstly, of course, within that district, gender-based crime, a woman is more likely to uh, the area automatically becomes more approachable. So the increase of reporting in crime goes up. Secondly, women are able to, because they need to fill up all of these district stations and they need to, you know, have women in these, the amount of seats that they can now keep open with like a proper posting, etc. for women will be more structured and then lastly of course I think being in an all-women police station means that at least at some managerial level you have women officers so something that's as disgusting as being sexually exploited or harassed because you're at training and you're just of a different gender doesn't necessarily have to happen. Uh, I remember once I was speaking to somebody who worked in the services and they just said that like in a couple of postings that I've been at People are just not willing to respond to a female officer. It doesn't matter how good or bad she is at her job. She can't get anything done unless her subordinates, etc. are listening to what she's saying. So I thought that this was really interesting. Uh, The article also goes on to say that the panel also tries to address the systemic sexism that women who are already part of the country's police force face. And it even talked about just having restrictive jobs like diary entries or desk work or answering calls, etc. Um, So I think that that's really sad because having women in a position of power will create so much change and will empower people um, and our entire population as a whole. So I think this is a really great step and I hope that they take it forward um, and that, you know, we give women these roles that actually challenge them and make them better people and in turn make our country and our uh, police systems a lot better.
0: And with that, we will move into our next section for today, which is... It's a pretty good story, I would say, in my personal humble opinion, as we are looking at the round of 16 games from this Champions League week. There were four games played this week and the blockbuster game was arguably the first one played, which was the PSG Madrid game, where rumored future Real Madrid player Kylian Mbappe stole the headlines with a 94th minute winner against the club, which he has reportedly signed a pre-contact agreement with. Lots of drama going on there. It was a poor, poor performance from Real Madrid. And it even has fans questioning whether they need a change in management. Um, let us let us know what you guys think. Uh, but yeah, Mbappe, what a performance that was. rated re- re- as an 8 by Le Equipe. While Lionel Messi, who also shared the pitch with him, was rated only a 3 following his penalty miss and bad performance. I wouldn't say it's a bad performance, to be fair. But for Messi standards, we all know how good he can do. Let's hope we can find that form again and for this time in PSG Colours. And the next game was Man City Sporting, where City, business as usual, they hammered five past the Portuguese outing and it was a pretty comfortable win. Even the Pep Guardiola said the tie is not yet over. <laughs> that guy, he's always playing mind games. But that brings us into the next day of matches where we saw FC Bayern draw a surprise match with RB Salzburg. It was a one-all score at the in Austria and... I think that is that's a score I no one really expected because Bayern are arguably the second favourites or the favourites for the Champions League this year, and to see them being held to a draw by Salzburg is truly like it's spectacular, really. But it just shows the magic of the cup and how how much it means to Salzburg to be in the position they are that they're not willing to just bend over for the big teams and they're willing to put in a fight. And with that, we go to the last game, which was played this week, that is Liverpool Inter. Inter put up a tough fight, but there were no match for Liverpool's tireless running as the Reds put two pass Internazionale, goals from Firmino and Jota secured the first leg victory for the Reds.
1: Well, I'm sure after that, you are going to need a short break. So we'll be right back on New Skids on the Block.
2: Back to news kids on the blog. I'm your co co co-host Anya, and I will be handing it off to my bestie Kavya for the next. Well, to start us off with the next story.
1: Well, thanks Anya. The next story I have for you today takes place in Europe, in Belgium, um, which has now joined the list of countries that offers their employees the choice of working a four day week without a loss of salary. This decision is part of the government's series of labor market reforms, which will give workers the right to basically completely turn away their work and ignore any work-related messages after certain hours without a fear of any consequences. The Belgian Prime Minister, Alexander de Creux told a press conference, We have experienced two difficult years. With this agreement, we set a beacon for an economy that is more innovative, sustainable and digital. The aim is to be able to make people and businesses stronger. Um... I think in many ways this is really interesting because this brings us to the question. This brings us to the question of what kind of effects this is going to have. Obviously, I think it'll take stress off a lot. It'll allow people to balance their work lives and their personal lives a lot better. But at the same time, if you're working uh, four-day weeks, you have to work a lot harder in those four days to be able to get the same amount of work. I'm guessing done in that amount of time. So I think it's interesting as to how what the results are going to be like and it also got me thinking about what would happen if we were to have four-day work days. What do you guys think that would be like?
0: I think I would love to work four days. A school four days would be amazing especially for me considering that's the only comparison I can make right now but I would love to only do four days a week because that's less school time for me and more video games time for me. I love video games. Yay! I think that as
2: exciting as so if it makes that sound. Um A, I don't play video games. And B, I think it would be fun to relax for three days. But also like after three days, what are you gonna do? Like one day maybe you meet your friends and then if you have like exams or something, then like you just have like holidays are just another excuse to study. And also like holidays just become like you're so dependent on people. Um so I kind of like my two day weekends. It's like a good mix. I also think that since we've like had this pandemic and like everything has just opened up, like I would like to be at school or like see people every day. Yeah, so that like, You know, it's not some weird thing.
1: I think if you ask me in like online school, I would say I would love a three day weekend. But now that we're back in school and we're actually getting to go out a lot more, I think like you said, I think the balance is a lot better if we do have two day weekends. I think what's interesting about this is the aim of this in a lot of ways is to get is to allow people to separate their work and their life. But I think a side effect of this is that automatically when you have a longer time to rest and you have a longer break from work, you start doing a lot more work and you start doing homework or whatever. So I think it's interesting to see that fans out and the implications of this. But that is all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of New Skids on the Block. Don't forget to tune in to us every Friday for our fresh take on the news from across the globe.
2: If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other podcasts on the
0: IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or IVMPodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
1: We'll see you next week. But till then, do share this episode with your folks. Stay safe and don't forget to do your homework.